fresh perspective on business. But you would know that because you can see the title of the podcast on the platform of your choosing. Hi! <laughs> Hi, everyone! Thank you so much for listening to us. Whether you're here on purpose or you've fallen <laughs> upon us accidentally, welcome. Or your phone's broke. phone's <laughs> stuck. You're like, oh my goodness, I can't get these idiots off. Well, yes, we did put a bug in uh, the Apple system. <laughs> oh, very good. Wow, we must have loads of money if we're doing bugs like that. Very successful. Podcasters. Oh, yeah. So this is number 24, and the title of this podcast is called Are You Enough? Which we will explain very, very shortly. But just to set the scene, we are business owners, female business owners from good old Charlotte in Lancashire, and we run a business called Fresh Perspective Resourced, which is a recruitment business with quite a lot of twists on the Harry Janelle. Mm, I would like to say as well that we have a lot of experience in what we do. We do. Someone today asked us to justify our price. I'm like, ooh, how long Ouch. have you got? So in January, I'll have 14 years experience in recruitment. Yes, I started it when I was 12. Do you know, I... Many years of experience I you still have? say... Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Literally, when someone's like, how many years? I was like, well, Laura's got seven and I've got... Seven! Like, well, that's because, <laughs> that's because that's what we had when we started it. Oh, you know, like seven years agency. Yeah. Which you have, that oh, is right, true. Okay, yeah. But then I just got seven, seven years. Whereas really, I mean, we've had freshies four and a half mm. now. And then I was working internal with you before it. So we worked together before we had fresh. So we were able to see if we would actually kill each other or survive before starting the business. And then I'd say maybe two years there and then two years agency. So yes. what's that? Eight and a half years for me overall. Yeah. Shine on. Yeah. This is the first time I've thought about this. I you started when I was coming to the end of my agency career. Because mm. I've got six agency, three oh, internal, so that's nine, and then... Four and a half with fresh, that's 13 and a half, and it's January. So maybe it'll be just over yeah. 14 years. And also, I'd like to add, I am associated member with the Recruitment and Employment Confederation. Oh my goodness, I wish I knew what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, Laura won't explain. No, I won't. But people, <laughs> they li- they're like, are you qualified in what you do? I'm like, there aren't actually any recruitment qualifications. We wish there was recruitment school. Oh my God, we could have recruitment school. We could run recruitment school. Oh my <laughs> goodness, what a great idea. Write that down. Oh, well, do you want me to write it down right now? But, and we also don't have school. a governing body, which is probably the reason why the industry has a terrible reputation. We do things differently. We are turning the perception of recruitment on its head and revolutionising the industry and doing our bit for national unemployment rates, one candidate at a time. How many, with that said, we had Jane's appraisal, final appraisal before she goes on maternity leave. I mean, who thinks these things are all right? Maternity leave. Maternity leave. No, I'm actually joking. It's just that we're going to miss her terribly and we cried twice in her appraisal. Yesterday. (laughs) She leaves tomorrow. I'm going to cry again. No mascara tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. But in... So Jane's been our team lead on the delivery. So we split... If you know recruitment, then a lot of the the terminology is around being a 360 recruiter or a resourcer. We do it quite differently. So we kind of have it in sales and then delivering the service for our clients. So it's very, very different. And Jane heads up the delivery team. And how many placements have they made in, was it, were we looking at the six months, the last six so months? from Jane, um, her year at Fresh runs June to June, June to May. So when we did her 12-month appraisal in June for the previous year, across the team, they'd hired, I think, 52 people. Yeah. 
And this year... It's, just, it's this, insane, isn't it? There are 42 people five months in. It's crazy. Oh, it's only 10 behind. It's yeah. in, it is insane. Considering that their year started shortly after lockdown yeah. ended. Smashing it. Well, no, we were still in lockdown in June, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. It started in March and then... So it's going to be like nearly yeah. like 80 to 90 people, I think, because we're not even halfway through their year yet. Yeah. So in the 12-month period, they'll be helping 80 to 90 people get jobs. It's bloody crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So just to set the scene, we are drinking vanilla chai oh, very with oat milk, which... Te- how much does it make you feel Christmassy? Yeah, it does. Oh, I love it. It really does. I bought a Christmas candle this, this week. Did you? Mm-hmm. From Judy. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Judy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Judy does... Um, Massages, but also sells candles. So if you need a candle during this pandemic, then hook her up. I've also got face cream, face wash, and a body she's cream bran- on Judy. She's branching she's out. She's branching out. <laughs> she's just a whole body. She's like the Bolton, the Bolton Chronicle. <laughs> but yeah, so we're sat around my kitchen table. Kitchen island. Island, is it? Kitchen island. island. Kitchen island. Just to, and we're in gym leggings and... I've got my new jumper on. Oh, see, you look nice and you smell good. I went for a run at lunch, so I don't Emily smell... stinks. Yeah, I don't smell great. I'm not had time for a shower yet, but I will do. Well, at least she's been for a run. This is the positive 5K, thing. 5K, well, 4.75K. Okay, very which good. Which is nearly five. I can't. We'll round up. Yeah, definitely. So, Laura, do you want to introduce what our podcast is about, what this episode well, is about? Well, before I do that, I feel oh. as though I must say what it is in Spanish. Do you know what? I just things are just falling out of my head. The important things are falling out. I would like to say that you guys are very, very lucky that we are doing this episode today because we nearly binned it off because we're feeling very tired and drained today. So if we are not our super exuberant selves, please don't judge us. We're just, you know, it's been a tough two weeks. It's okay not to be okay. It is okay. (laughs) I think we're bringing it. We are bringing it now. I think this is helping. So 24 in Spanish is 24. 24. There you go. <laughs> Very good. And so, right, so we're talking about are you enough? And I suppose whatever that means to you, it's self-worth, self-value, self-belief. All the selves. Um, all the selves. But what we are really talking about today that they all feed into is imposter syndrome. Do, do, do. Boop, boop, boop. What, it, what it means, who it affects. How it affects people and what we can do to overcome it. Mm. So I think the are you enough thing is, is massive for me personally, but also comes through into fresh as well. So I remember our business coach, uh, our we don't have a business coach right now, but we used to. And she actually directed me to a lady called Marissa Pia. And if you go on her, I actually just subscribed, subscribed to her YouTube channel because I didn't realise she actually had one, but just going doing a little bit of research before the pod. So she is, she's a therapist, but got lots of strings to her bow. Right, saying that's my strong point, but I will never stop trying. <laughs> but she does a video and it is quite long. I think it is about an hour and it's called Are You Enough? And honestly, if you are having a dose of imposter syndrome or you're struggling with self-worth or any of the cells that Laura mentioned, I would absolutely urge you to go and have a look at that. And I've not watched it probably for about a year. And it's only with us talking about this that is when I finish work at some point tonight, I am going to look at that. Oh, okay. And it's really, really nice. It kind of tells you how to feel comfortable in your own skin and that you are enough. Because I genuinely think that's what feeds into this imposter syndrome. I feel like when you feel fraudulent in your position, whether it is in a friendship, in a romantic relationship, in work, it's probably because you feel like you don't deserve it. Would you 
well, agree yeah. with thinking it's that. Yeah, I think for me, imposter sy- syndrome is a denial or doubt of your skills, talent or achievements. Okay. A feelings of inadequacy or like you say, fraud, that you don't deserve to be there, you shouldn't be there, you've just ended up in the position you are, whatever that may be, by sheer luck or accident and not through any skill or talent or hard work and dedication mm. that you don't deserve to be there. I think for me that's what imposter syndrome is and it's awful. Oh, it sounds horrendous. It sounds so bad. And the stats are quite shocking that 70% of all people will experience feelings of imposter syndromes at some point in their oh, lives. No, this is awful. At least once. Also, what I've read about it is that it affects men and women equally. But I don't think it means that. For me, I think it will, it has the ability to affect men and women. Both genders. Both genders in an equal capacity. Yeah. But I do think, I think it fluctuates from situation to situation. So I'm not going to sit here and say that it affects more women than men. Yeah. Because I don't know that to be true. But what I imagine, being a woman, is that it affects women in different situations and maybe... It also affects men in different situations to women, which I don't know because I'm not a man as well. No. Only one. No. You're not a Hermie. No. <laughs> Hermie <laughs> is short for hermaphrodite. Not Hermione. <laughs> no, you're not her either, you're Laura. Right, okay. Laura or Marisol, which is a Spanish name. <laughs> but yeah, I do, I agree. I think this could really sort of link in with the gender uh, pay gap as well because... If people, if women especially are suffering from imposter syndrome and they already feel like they don't deserve to be where they are, then they're most likely not going to ask for pay rises. Now, we've looked into pay rise stats and stuff like that in the past and they are still not where they should be, are they? Oh, no, definitely not. And I think, I do think it will affect more women in the workplace than it affects men. And I think that comes from just history Mm. that women have not, you know, historically been allowed to do things that men can do because we aren't deemed to be as good or as strong as men. We are the weaker sex <gasps> in a lot of people's opinions. Not so much as as much now, but obviously no. in the in the past, that's how it how it has always been. And in some cultures, it's still like that. And so I think that women in the workplace, minority women, uh, women of ethnicity. Um, maybe even LGBTQ communities as well. I think historically the, the thought processes about those about those kinds of people are that they, they're not equal, they shouldn't be there or they don't deserve it, they're not allowed it. And I think that's probably, you know, we still have the tendrils of that attached to us now. Yeah, definitely. No, I think it's, I think you're always going to, it's like we move through the times but you still don't, you don't necessarily lose the stuff that happened previously, do well, no, you? Well, no, because it's all part of history, Yeah, isn't it? exactly. And that shapes you. And, I mean, if you go one step further and you're, you're a little bit witchy like me, <laughs> they say that, you know, if you've, if you've got, when you look at your past and where you've come from and your ancestors, that you, your ancestors that you're still feeling the hurt and all the pain that they did. Now, it's, that is, again, you might think that's really quite far-fetched, but I suppose if you are a woman in the workplace and you feel like that, you're not necessarily going to think about why you feel the feelings that you do, but there probably will be a reason when you start unpicking, you will try to figure out why this is happening and I suppose hopefully try and figure out something to do to get past it. Oh, yeah, so from my personal experience, the last job I had before setting up fresh with them was my highest paid job ever by a long shot. And I negotiated the salary based on the commission that I would have lost 
from being an, an agency recruiter with with a you know the successful agency recruiter making a lot of placements with a good pipeline of both contracts and permanent hires. So I, I had a constant flow of commission. So I thought I deserve a higher salary because I'm letting go of that commission. Yeah. So I negotiated the salary and they gave it to me. And then they gave me an automatic salary increase after probation. Woo-hoo. I got a car allowance and I got a crazy bonus. I'd never had any of these things. And I constantly felt oh. like I wasn't working hard enough for the salary that I got because oh, I'd never been paid God. that much before. And I never, and I didn't ask for more money while I was there for three years because I thought I've never been paid this much money. I'm not sure I deserve this much money, so I can't ask for more. But then I do think when we talked about women in business before on earlier podcasts and how women always have, well, not always have, are more bothered about about pricing and struggle with pricing than their male counterparts sometimes. I do feel like it's similar with pay rises and salary. I feel like a lot of women, myself included, make do because they think, oh, my God, this is a lot of money. Do I deserve it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I don't push ourselves forward for the promotion or more money, whereas I do, and well, based on my own experience, really, it's not like I'm just hypothesising. Very good. I mean, slow, but good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You got it out and you got got it out correctly. Got it out in the end. (laughs) But I know for a fact, in in any of my different jobs, men have pushed themselves forward for, um, forwards with more vigour mm. even if they don't think they deserve it it is crackers isn't it that I think I've got a quite a similar story when I I mean I was a terrible agency recruiter and I will <laughs> <laughs> never ever say anything otherwise I'm a, I'm a terrible liar uh, really really bad at bottling stuff up and yeah so that kind of makes me a shit agency recruiter in the in the workplace that I was in, because I need, I did need to bullshit. I did. There was an element of that in my roles every single day, and I felt unkind and wrong and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I got my first recruitment job, and I was on sixteen grand a year, I think. Yeah, and then got a bit of commission, but I didn't understand the commission structure. So then I ne- never, never knew <laughs> whether I was right. actually being paid correct. And I didn't want to ask him to explain it to me again because I felt like I was stupid. And uh, I did. I should have understood it because, but the well, whole really, when you think about it, it's their responsibility to explain their own commission structure to new yeah, employees. But I think that they probably don't. They don't have to pay it. And then, and I was <gasps> like, I'm too scared to ask. Anyway, so I got this job, and then I got another job, and it went up a couple of grand, and started earning commission and stuff. But I just hated it. I absolutely hated it. Uh, a lot of the time, I was objectified in my roles massively uh, for looks and stuff like that. And so that definitely made me feel that I was only worthy to be in this environment because of the way that I looked and not actually what was inside my brain, which was awful. And then I think all this built up and built up and I just felt like this object to be stared at. And this isn't me saying that I'm hot, by the way. This is just what happened. She is there. <laughs> but then I got another job and I went and I, and I lied. <gasps> I know. I lied and said I was earning more money than I was. And I think this was actually you who I've told me that. to do this. I've done that. <laughs> Because I thought, and I think we do this for each other, don't we? Laura was trying to build me up and say, actually, no, you're being underpaid for what you're doing right now. And so tell them that you're on more money and they'll pay you more. And they did. But because I lied and said that, and then I went in and I got an it. So it was seven grand pay rise. So I got a job for 25 grand from 18. And oh my God, imposter syndrome was rife. Rife. I was like, how can I be here? How can I be here? Only having a couple of years experience on 25 grand. I would have panic attacks getting off the train because I was like, I am not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of this salary. I'm not working enough. And in the end, this was just before Laura rescued me. 
to go to Eden House, which is the internal road that we're talking about. And I rode in on my wide horse. You did? But I'm, I'm, and I left, and I actually told the guy, I was like, I'm so anxious, I can't get to the office anymore, because I just, I'm, I'm, I just don't believe in my ability to be able to do this job and be paid what I'm being paid. And I suppose it's only now that we're talking about it that I had imposter syndrome, but I didn't yeah, actually realise... No, and the um, and the guy, he was lovely. A guy called Andy, he's absolutely fantastic. What a lovely guy. And he was like, oh, you know, it's awful that you feel that way because you are great. But I didn't even want to make calls in the office. One, because this woman used to mimic my accent and stuff, which is really off-putting, and I hate it when people do this in these environments. So it's rude and unkind. I mean, you can laugh if they say something funny, obviously, but you don't need to keep picking at them, and she did, so I'd make myself tiny. Was there anything you can do screen? about your accent? No, definitely not. And I have been pulled on it a few times. Doing media at uni, I was, like, told that I had a shitty nose an accent and now people love it but at that time back in my day it wasn't but and he was really nice about it and stuff but I just it was just awful I just tried to make myself this tiny little little being and then I remember saying before I went traveling I'm just gonna get a job that doesn't really require me to use my brain or anything like that because right now I don't feel like I can do anything else it just battered it out of me Mm. and it's only when I remember speaking to you and you were like do you know what I'm gonna ask if you can come and work here (laughs) And then our relationship as professional sisters in a business, that's when it started. Oh, yes. Well, without that, we may never have set up fresh. If you'd not gone into recruitment, if you'd not come to work with me, we might not have had the idea to set it up and it would, it would be a very different path. So yeah. I know you've probably got to where you are today through a lot of pain and suffering. Mm. I am glad you <laughs> did that. Yeah, me too. But I tell you, my, I didn't know it was imposter syndrome at the time when I was being paid the most I've ever been paid. <laughs> including now. Um, <laughs> um, but I tell you what, it made me really good at reporting so I knew my worth in the end because I'm like, right, you pay me this much, this is how much I've saved you. So minus what you can cost you to keep to keep me, this is how much money I've saved you, and it's a lot and that of made money. You feel better. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm so all you, right. So another, uh, uh, I suppose, and we're going to move on to I suppose how you can help with imposter syndrome if you have it. From we're not medically trained in this, but we'll say what we believe you could do. But I suppose that is a really important part of it it's, by backing yeah, yourself, isn't finding, it? Evidence, yeah, in, finding your own value, whether yeah. it is through statistics, Excel spreadsheets. Figuring out what's important to your employers at the time, it was a cost, very cost driven. And then eventually, like, actually, the people we're hiring are better cultural fits, they're staying longer. So, again, that's a softer, less um, tangible thing. Yeah, you can't report on that yeah, in the same way. It's a way. less yeah. tangible thing. So, the, one, the thing that I could see, that I could show them, were the figures, the stats, the numbers. And, like, actually, yeah. So, it's finding your own value. Therefore, you find your own worth. And you believe in what you're doing much better. Mm. And I think as well, talk it through with people. Talk through what you bring to the table. What are your strong points, your value adds, your attributes? And whether that's people outside of work, whether it's your line manager in one-to-ones. Talk to people about things like this and ask other people. Get feedback from customers, from co-workers, like... How, how is it to work with me? What feedback can you give about what I've done for you? Yeah. And when they give you in, in positive things, which they will, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I didn't even know this. We did this not that long ago. Oh, my God, so. there's brand new information. <laughs> but I read this book, uh, the well, I've not actually read it. It's a mammoth book, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And it's very Americanized, quite cheesy. So you've got to be willing to get involved in that, which I struggle with cheese. I don't just mean the stuff that you eat. No, to be in dairy free. But they do, he does this thing about feedback and asking for feedback, and it is a bit extreme because he'll go to the 
Now, ask your the people in your friendship circle or who you're in a relationship with to rate your relationship on X, Y, and Z out of 10 for the past week. So that could literally be like, rate our sex life out of 10 or rate the dinners that we've had or the communication. But And I think that's one extreme to the other. But it, what I did get the girls to do, and, and you did it as well, didn't you? Part of the training that I put on was to go and get feedback from five people. Your partner, your mate, maybe a business person, a business associate, mom, dad, whatever. And getting to give you some positive feedback, but also some constructive stuff as well. And I think that makes you really self-aware. Um, but they'll have never been asked this question. I remember asking your peep. Mm. And it was the, what he I said back to me. Said. Back to me. Mm. It was more that I'm quite soft with people, as in that these are the constructive things. And I think it was more like, oh, God, what did he say? But it was, it was along the lines of... I'm not necessarily as sure of myself when other people are involved and I tend to roll over and sort of play to their tune. And it's nuts because I would never have thought that Pete would have observed that or it might be from you saying I'm really annoyed with Emily because she's just listening to this person again. And he does think about all. more than wasting it... chocolate biscuits. <laughs> Sometimes. And pugs. But isn't it interesting that, and then to go and do this and, I mean, maybe not do the constructive stuff if you're struggling with self-worth, but go and ask for the positive oh, things well, then and what, get that, get that stuff in. What was really in. interesting that one of the team, when reading out the positive feedback, that really upset her. And again, but she probably does have a bit of imposter syndrome, doesn't she? Because yeah, she or did at the time. Yeah, and now, God, she's built up massively, hasn't she? And she's been on such an empowering journey. But how do you feel? And I think, like, just carrying on with what Laura said about talking about it, talking it through, getting positive reinforcement from other people, but also meditation, affirmation, being able to sit with yourself in a quiet space. I mean, I really struggle with this. I, I don't really watch a lot of telly, uh, but I, it's the only way to kind of get me to sit down. So I don't really sit down a lot. And I tried to watch a, a bit of telly the other day, and I was and it was um, The Good Fight. Oh, great programme. Great, great, great. Love it. So I was watching that, and then the minute I leave the front room, I put my book on because I don't want the house to be silent. Oh. And this is where I now know that this is when I'm going into danger, anxiety, yeah. territory, because if I can't be without noise I, for a minute... Yeah. I can definitely see it lurking at the moment. Mm. I just think it's like, yes, it's dark now. It's yeah. Like, and that feeds on that, I do think. It does, though, doesn't it? It yeah. is a monster that feeds on stuff. And then I think being aware of your triggers, if suddenly you can't handle any kind of silence over it's 60 seconds, maybe that's a trigger for you. Maybe you need to do the things like yoga, meditation, whatever you need to make yourself feel better. Mm. But these will all contribute to helping with imposter syndrome as well. Oh, my God, definitely. And when you talk about telly you don't watch it, I had a conversation in the office, I think it was yesterday... And Jane said she never, she's like, on maternity leave next week, she's like, I'm going to be so bored. Can I possibly do some work if I want to? I'm like, of course you can. You've like, always got stuff for well, you to do. Well, no. She's like, because I don't watch telly in the day. I'm like, ever? Like, not even at weekends. She's like, no, because you never did it at home when she lived with her parents. Now she doesn't. She's always doing stuff. I'm like, oh my God, this is like Emily. Yeah. Like, but also, our mummy's like this, she isn't never, she? It would be really, really weird for mum to watch something in the afternoon. But what was... Do you know the reason why? No. And then why it passed on to me? Because it's, she thought it was lazy to watch telly in the day. Yeah. So then she expected no one else to watch telly in the day. So for me, when it's a Saturday, I literally don't sit down. And then Tom will say, have you sat down today? No. I think... <laughs> I, I think Six o'clock and no. When I first moved out into my own house, I think and this is what I was mm. like. So Saturdays, were like, I'd get up, I'd have my breakfast, I'd eat my breakfast in the kitchen, so I won't watch TV when I was eating my breakfast... And then I'd clean, I'd walk the dogs, I'd go shopping and do my jobs, and then probably only watch TV in the night. Whereas now, 
Watch You're it. a slob. I am a Netflix <laughs> hoe. Um, I it's one. Of, it's probably one of the biggest things I do to relax. Yeah. Is, is but that's what you program. You found that, yeah. haven't you? You love watching stuff, and that is that's a hobby. That is a hobby of yours that you really like doing. And I, I'm just not. And you left home a, a lot earlier than me. So Laura's had, and this is not slagging off our mum. We know she's listening, and she's utterly amazing. But she always does way too much and is really, really bad at relaxing. And we've told her this many a time. Oh, yeah. But I think Laura left home to go to university and then has come back, you know, when it when the rough get tough, tough get going. Anyway, when, when times arrive, we'll obviously return to the nest. <laughs> when the shit hits the fan. Yes, yes, that's a better way of putting it. Other than that, you've been pretty independent, haven't you? Whereas it took me a long time to leave home. So I'm still unpicking those things and still struggling with relaxing and stuff. And it's... Really tough. Like, if you are someone who suffers with imposter syndrome, do you take time to relax? Do you take time to, for yourself? Do you take time to reflect on where you are and your achievements and what you've done? Do you journal? All those kind of things, because you probably said no to those questions. And then maybe you could start doing stuff like that because it probably would help a lot. Yeah, and then talking about TV, like, I do learn a lot <laughs> from TV. Especially about the when, law programs. Yeah, especially yeah. when I watch The Crown. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness, I'm going to start watching this. So I really want to get involved. But also, watching Grey's Anatomy, and I learned lots of medical <laughs> things. Um, but one of the things I learned from Grey's Anatomy, Anatomy that actually will help with imposter syndrome is the superhero pose. Oh, yes! I forgot all about this! So they do it, I think it was when uh, Amelia's doing a massive um, surgery on someone's brain, and she's like, she's a bit like, oh, my God, she gets imposter syndrome. She's oh, like, oh okay. my God. And she does the superhero stance before she goes into surgery. So it's literally standing, wide, your feet wide apart, hands Check on hips, space. head, chin up, like, powerful, strong, like, you're a badass superhero, like, Wonder Woman ready to take on well and you stand like that for minutes oh, and wow. it does make you feel more confident more positive more like like I'm getting tingles just talking about it like it makes you feel like you can take on more things take on the world it's not the world just more stuff yeah um and if you, you know you're saying positive things to yourself when you're in this stance and you by standing confidently does make you feel more confident. But yeah, it's like a fake until you make it. You st- but also, doing the superhero pose before she goes and goes brain surgery, she's actually just giving herself time to just collect her thoughts. Mm. Whereas I find imposter syndrome a regular thing for me when it comes up when I have to write proposals. I think I'm shit at proposals. Well, you I hate constantly doing tell admin. yourself that exactly. you're shit at them. Yeah, and then I don't like sitting doing the same thing for a period of time. And so whenever it comes to it, my head is whizzing. And it's a really, really simple thing to do I know what works in a proposal and what doesn't but when I get in that situation I'm like I'm shit at it I'm terrible I can't do it someone else is better at doing it and then it takes me so much longer because I'm battling with those thoughts whereas if I maybe did the superhero pose before I did it I would be clear it's almost like a form of meditation before doing it isn't it I think you should try it definitely like before you go into a meeting about peer reviews before you talk about pricing Mm. before you go into an appraisal or a meeting do this pose before you go on stage, if that's your if that's Yeah, your that's your jam. Yeah, you're talking, um, delivering a speech. Like, do it beforehand and, uh, and let us know how you get on. Oh, yes, please do. Well, I think that's nicely wrapped up. Be a superhero. <laughs> Be a superhero. That is how you will combat imposter syndrome. Everything. So we didn't tell you to follow us at the beginning. 
which why I do not know, please follow us. It really, really helps us, helps us to help more people across the world, uh, getting into more people's ears and brains, sharing our positivity and thoughts on lots of different subjects. So please follow us on whatever platform you're on and we'll be forever grateful. Yeah, and please get in touch so you can get in touch with us um, if you Google Fresh Perspective Resourcing, you can find our website, so you can email us or give us a call. We are on LinkedIn individually as people, as well as the business, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We are everywhere. Have a wonderful rest of your day, evening, whatever it is. Day, evening. Middle of the night. Morning. Morning, yes, lots of other Weekend. <laughs> whatever. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week.